Hi, and welcome to School of Hustle. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is a show where we chat with everyday entrepreneurs about everything that goes into starting a new venture. Living during a global health crisis had made us more aware of the importance of wellness than ever before. And this year, we've seen the devastating effects that social isolation, illness, and stress can take on our physical and mental health. And that's why I know that today's guest will be helpful not only to those aspiring entrepreneurs, but also to those interested in improving their lives. Bianca Jade is a wellness expert with half a million followers who forecasts and reports on emerging trends in the health world for national syndications such as the Today Show, CBS Morning News, Dr. Oz, and regional affiliates across the country. And she's also the founder of Misfit, a site that shares wellness, health, and fitness advice. And her mission is to get people excited about exercise and wellness by revealing the fun and sexy side of the industry. Bianca, it is wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I checked out your site and I've watched a lot of your stuff and learned a lot, to be honest with oh, you. No. <laughs> you have so much information about health, wellness, fitness, beauty. I mean, you cover it all. Um, but your focus is really on health and wellness. And I'd love to hear your backstory on why you decided to start in that industry. So... Going way back, I think, you know, I was around 14 or 15 years old, and I just really loved fitness. Um, you know, I can't really tell you why, like, because I was, you know, really trying to think about this before coming here today. And um, I think it just, you know, it was something kind of like that naturally happened in my life. Mm-hmm. I do have a bit of obesity on both sides of my family. Um But, you know, like there was never like really like any stress at home or anything Mm -hmm. like that to be super healthy. I remember, you know, getting rollerblades as a gift uh, (laughs) one year. And then I remember like at 15, um, my parents told me I could have a trainer. And every weekend I would work out. Yeah, I would work (laughs) out. Me and a girlfriend would work out with a trainer. And she really inspired me to, you know, stay fit through college. I Mm -hmm. played sports and that kind of thing. But, you know, fitness was just like a really important, you know, thread woven into my life. So when um, after, you know, several careers, um, I really had the opportunity to kind of decide what am I going to do as like my passion job? Because right. I feel like we have the jobs that we sort of, oh, so you know, true. Like feel... the jobs that pay the bills and then the job you really want to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or the jobs that like you think you have to do coming out of school yeah. or that are part of like, you know, your everything that you've built up to be, that kind of thing. And then you get this opportunity and it comes to everyone at different points in their life to like, to really go for it, mm-hmm. right? And uh, And I thought, you know, It'd be really cool to do fitness. Um, And I think, you know, I was lucky in that when I had this opportunity to really go after a dream Mm -hmm. and and essentially, like, for what had been for me a hobby, um, it was at a point when blogging wasn't, you know, there was political blogging and Uh mommy blogging, but, you know, Blogging hadn't saturated every category yet. You were very new in the industry. I believe you started your blog in 2009? Yeah, I was actually working on it 2008, but wow. officially, like, I had a launch party So and why did you decide to do blogging? I mean, back in that time, it wasn't as easy as it is today where you can easily get website templates and things like that. Oh, no, I... I really, I made my whole website. Like, 
I did the back end work and everything. And I really can't believe I did that back then. I am so impressed because that is so challenging. I'm impressed with myself because <laughs> I wouldn't do it today. And there's so many apps and everything that make people's lives easier. And you didn't have any of no. that. So you had to do everything manually in the beginning. I did. Wow. I did. And I think, you know, that's part of, um, that's like really helped me to become a problem solver. And mm -hmm. I'm never really scared to like get my hands dirty. But the reason I wanted to blog was because my headhunter, I had a career in advertising. Mm -hmm. and You were a creative director, I believe. I was. Right? So my headhunter, I was between jobs, mm -hmm. and my headhunter was like, you know, Bianca, to set yourself apart and to really get, you know, the job that you want at the salary that you want, you're going to have to show that you've been working on something. Mm. And I was like, well, what the hell have I been working on? I've been working on getting a job. So my headhunter was like, well, could you blog about something? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I, you know, I, I, I realized I had to do this special project, right? right? So I started a blog about fitness, fashion, and trends in fitness mm. that would help women like myself who are very, you know, fashionista mm -hmm. and like, you know, I'm just going to say it. I'm a little uppity. I like nice clothes I mean, and nice things. I mean, your outfit's fabulous. The Thank first you. thing I said when I saw you today is I love your outfit. Thank the off-the-shoulder look, it's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> well, a lot of times, you know, girls who are really into like fashion and beauty and hair, mm -hmm. Um, they don't want to work out, you know, because it involves getting sweaty. Sweaty and gross. And gross. But I wanted to create a destination, you know, for all women, but specifically these type of women that were hesitating um, on living, you know, a healthy lifestyle through fitness activity. So that was like the beginning. That was the notion. Yeah. And, um, and with this, you know, theme... I was planning on getting the job in advertising of my dreams. Uh, but really what it led me to was a whole new career in launching my own business. So when when did that shift and you realize, wait a minute, I can actually make this into a real business? Well, okay. I mean, I I didn't get the job of my dreams in advertising. And, but now you, know, you have the job right, of your dreams, right. so it all worked right. out. <laughs> but I remember thinking like, oh, I started this blog and I'm still not getting, you know, uh, job offers. Um, and then I was like, you know, it, this isn't just a project anymore. This is something that I would like to build into a full-scale brand. Mm -hmm. So I took it from, you know, this blogging project into creating a 360-degree company. And that's actually like, you know, what I was trained to do from my career in advertising. And I did everything myself because I had no money. I was not, I did not receive funding, even though I desperately tried to become part of, you know, incubator projects yeah. um, and all different kinds of like, you know, funding programs, which there were a lot of out there at the time that I was starting my business. Mm -hmm. But no one really wanted to take me on because they didn't, um, they didn't see the value that I intended to bring to the to the and world that's at large. You were, such a, you were so early in, in they were just like, it. well, how's a blog going to change the world? Right. And my response to that has always been, well, people like me create content that helps make people's lives easier yes. in terms of decision making, um, in terms of, you know, uh, transformations that they're mm. going through in life, or even, for example, your stuff, like you providing tours for people mm. that are going on trips. Like we're actually like giving people the building blocks to um, to to have a wonderful life. Yeah. So I actually think that that's super important. It's, and it is. Really relevant. And it is a product in itself. I just think a lot of people in the early days didn't really see that. No, they because they were like, what's just, a blog? <laughs> yeah, what is a blog, right. So you talked about, you know, you started to have uh, some ways you monetized it. What was the first way you decided 
You found to monetize the blog. Well, so I started with the ads, and the ads are making pennies. And then I started reading um, and following uh, different bloggers mm-hmm. who were, you know, giving advice on monetization. And I learned that, like, really the only way to make money was to partner with brands or uh, or ad firms that were uh, creating opportunities that were relevant to your content. Yeah. So I started putting ads up that, you know, that matched a blog post that I was writing about. So if I was, you know, writing about, like, let's say Athleta or Lululemon or something like Mm -hmm. that, then I would integrate ads for those products that I was reviewing Mm -hmm. and get a commission on them. Still, So you're using affiliate revenue. Affiliate revenue. Still very low in terms of, you know, bringing in any income. Um, But it starts. It's the starting seeds. And then once you build them all up, they all, yeah. And then once those brands started realizing that I was placing ads, they were contacting me directly. Mm. And they wanted to form partnerships. So... I didn't make money, you know, being completely candid here, I didn't make money the first three years of running my business. It was really putting a lot of money into it, taking the risk of, you know, thinking, what could this turn into and where Mm -hmm. where could I be, you know, where where are the areas that I could be making money Mm -hmm. from? Uh, So I'm really glad that, you know, that I had uh, the money saved to be able to do that because in the end... um, Wow, that income came in very fast. So much of this in the beginning is self-promoting. Yes. <laughs> um, because you're you're the one that's running the business. You're your best supporter. And so you have to create, you have to like boost yourself. You do, and you have to create a team as well. And you know, yeah. my agent was part of the team yeah. that I was creating as my support system. Um, you know, I had to hire attorneys. Um, you know, I was trademarking um, different uh, slogans, catchphrases, and of course, Misfit had yeah, to be trademarked. Yeah, so tell me about Misfit. Why why call it Misfit? It just was like an urban way of saying like, you know, the girl that works out like really. Like Misfit. And Misfit. Like fitness. Yes. Misfit with two S's yeah. was already taken. And okay. It was owned so by So you got it someone. a little more trendy with the Z's. Right. I see. And you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure you know the trademark game is, it takes a while. Yeah. And so when you are building your company and you're, you figured out like what your name is and everything, you got to really hustle to get that trademark in um, and to make sure that you own all of your branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never thought that that would really, you know, um, be an issue down the road. I just thought, okay, everybody has to do this. They say I have to do it. But actually, someone tried to use Misfit. No way. And doing all of that right at the get-go of starting my business saved my butt because they were planning on going on NBC <gasps> using my my brand name. And so I was able, with my team, what, to uh, do a cease and desist and protect my company. So these are kind of the things that, like, you really have to hustle to do at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're annoying things. Like, they take a lot of time. You have to wait. There's a lot of paperwork and expense involved. But that's part of building a business. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of fun in terms of risk-taking and getting creative. But there's also that side of, like, really, you know, learning to be um, uh, very organized and, you know, know how to protect yourself because you could build this empire and then one little thing could crumble it. It's so true. How do you keep the integrity of your brand but also shift to other categories successfully? Well, that's that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, first you have to have that conversation with yourself and really decide, like, is this something that 
my audience and followers are going to like, you know, appreciate. Yeah. Because that's really important because everything we do is really for them. You know, we're right. creating value for them. So um, I recently had to ask myself this question because a brand approached me that is something I wouldn't normally do. Right. And I thought, you know, will my, I want to do this, but will my audience really, will they buy it? Yeah. You know, um, because it is, it would, it it was authentically coming from me, mm-hmm. but um, but it was a shift. And yeah. so ultimately I decided yes, because I'm a little bit of a risk taker. <laughs> but, um, but I think that's the first thing you have to ask yourself. I see a lot of influencers and content creators dive into like all sorts all of things. All different categories. And you're like, oh wait, you're a travel person, but now you're covering, you know, um, intimates, like it's it just very doesn't make sense. Yeah, you can't accept everything that comes your way. And sometimes it's hard to say no to money, but if the money doesn't, if, if the brand doesn't make sense aligning with you, then you're going to do more damage in the long run. It shows me like I have to listen to, you know, what my audience like really wants. And so I'm constantly asking them like, what do you want to see? Like what's going to bring value to your life? Because, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm into so many things. Right. Like, I just, I'm... I lust after life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love experiences, but not everything that I'm interested in is going to be something that's going to bring value to the bulk of my followers. So I think it's important to, like, be in tune with them, especially mm-hmm. if you do have to shift in your business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, change is good. Isn't That's, like, a famous, like, cliched, you know, thing that people say. And I think now more than ever, we have to embrace that. And that even means going and looking back at the foundation of your business um, and thinking like, what do I have to siphon off here? Like Mm -hmm. what's still relevant? You know, what isn't, (laughs) you know, maybe like food, restaurant reviews, like, you know, might not be right. You know, maybe it's like, what's the best like takeout or what's the best delivery? Like those are new things that we, that people want to know. Yeah. I mean, looking at the market and making judgment calls based off of that. You mentioned you did some Travel hosting. I did. I yes. also do travel you hosting. You are like the so travel diva. I love all your stuff. Oh, please. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to the fitness diva over here, but I would love to hear about what you do for travel hosting. So for travel, um, it all comes from really that that fitness foundation yeah. of going on trips that are active, that mm-hmm. involve a lot of adventuring. Like adventure, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and um, things like swinging from ropes. Um, I've climbed... Um, I went to Nevis, which is um, an island right near St. Kitts. A lot of people are familiar Whoa. with St. Kitts. It's, this is in the West Indies. Um, but Nevis is a very, very small island that a lot of people haven't been to. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's natural. It's just, it's like a jungle. Um, and there's not really much in terms of commercialism. That's good, though. It is good. Yeah. But I remember when I went, because I worked with the Board of Tourism there. And the first day that I arrived on the island, very jet lagged, they were like, you're climbing a mountain. Oh, great. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this sounds really exciting. And they're like, no, it's like our one really big mountain. Oh, my God. And it's called Nevis Peak, and it's just vertical. Oh, so, what? <laughs> yes. So basically, I had a guide, and we were climbing it like you're climbing and you're a lagged. climb wall, essentially. <laughs> I had no gloves, but it was an adventure. Yeah, you know, for it sure. was like, <laughs> and I had, you know, all of my cameras and everything. And uh, it was just me and this tour guide. And it was just like, even though there was so much pain involved, um, <laughs> and I literally did not expect, you know, this level of difficulty. Right. Like, that's what it was all about. It was just like showing people, like, 
what they need to be prepared for. Like, obviously, I wasn't prepared for it because right. the Board of Tourism didn't prepare me for it. <laughs> but I was able to write a piece about this experience and tell yeah. people everything they need to do it right. Yeah. And and that's really, like, what traveling is about, you yeah. know, kind of, like, making those mistakes so your audience doesn't have to. Like, that is so true. I'm constantly telling people, like, you know, my life isn't glamorous. It's, like, one, like, crazy, you know, scenario right. to the next. And um, people usually don't believe me, but I, I definitely have all these stories. And and actually, I appreciate it. I like living my life mm-hmm. sort of in the unknown. Yeah. That's probably why I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Exactly. Is that why you're an you're entrepreneur? Com- yeah. You're, you know, we're, we're comfortable with risk. And you say your life is not glamorous, uh, but it does seem glamorous. And oh, girl, you know your life I isn't know, glamorous either. I, that's why I wanted to talk about it, because people have this perception uh, which kind of we created because we post the best parts oh, yeah. of our lives, right? And that's we'll what you do. Edited. And so they don't see how much work it, it actually takes. I kind of refer to it as the iceberg. So you see just the tip of the iceberg, but all of this underneath is really what's going on behind the scenes. And so people will get this really cohesive, well-put-together blog post but what they didn't see is your blood, sweat, and tears of you climbing this mountain after a, being jet-lagged on a flight, and you still have to try to make it look n- nice and yeah. glamorous in some way and get all the shots. It's, it's very it's very exhausting. And I actually do, um, usually on Instagram stories or mm-hmm. IGTV, I will post, you know, the kind of like behind the scenes yeah. and sort of like the outtakes of, right. of my adventures because I find that people sort of like that stuff they do. better. You it's know? more relatable. Yeah, it is relatable. Um, so um, I, I don't always love those things because obviously, like, you know, you don't have makeup on, your hair looks all crazy when you're climbing a mountain. <laughs> yeah, but it's <laughs> relatable. Know? And um, speaking of things that are relatable, one of the things that you've shared that's really inspired me is your story of freezing your eggs. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because yeah. <laughs> I think it's so brave of you to share that story. It's something that so many women have considered and and you actually did it. So tell us tell us about that. Like, why did you decide to share that with the world? So um, I love telling people that I was one of the first because now everybody does it, and it doesn't <laughs> seem that special. Um, but it's uh, still pretty special. It was, yeah, it was it was special for me. And you know, um, I'm I'm a very complicated person, as I think anybody who decides to take on a career, you know, in front of the camera (laughs) or, you know, whether it's YouTube or TV or, Mm -hmm. you know, shares their life publicly through, uh, you know, through the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, We're complicated people and you see a side of us, but there are all these other sides that you don't often get to see. And this was me um, becoming, you know, an onion and really peeling back the layers of, you know, what I wanted out of my life beyond this career that I had created. Um, so I've always wanted to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And um, and what I realized through the process of freezing my eggs was that I wanted to do it no matter what, whether I had a partner, mm-hmm. you know, as in a husband or boyfriend yeah. um, or not. And that is something that totally goes against how I was raised, how I grew up, um, and what my family really, you know, ultimately wants for me. Right. So it was it was a it was a difficult piece but it was something that like you know I felt like we were talking about how you create we create value for for our viewers, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew that I didn't want to wake up one day whether it was in my late 30s or mid 40s whatever regretting that I never 
uh, froze my eggs and that, you know, didn't at least, you know, have the insurance of possibly being able to have my own child. And I'm so glad I did it because it's the one video mm-hmm. that I get messages about, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, right. Women that are much like me, that are single, mm-hmm. you know, not married, mm-hmm. um, in their late 30s, early 40s, that are thinking, can I do this? Right. You know, right. and so it tells them that they can, but they it can. also is a realistic video saying, hey, this doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. But you don't just blog. You also are a show host, an on-camera host. Tell me about how did you get into that? Um, I, I think just from making videos. Yeah, but you've been on the Today Show, CBS Morning, and Dr. Oz. So it, you have like quite a, a large network there. Uh, so how, how did you get the attention of those shows? So um, when, I, when I first started blogging, I think I told you that, like, at the beginning, it was, like, really slow going. Yeah. I wasn't making a lot of money. Then all of a sudden, it was like I got all this attention. Right. Um, Nike discovered me. Oh, and put that's me, huge. Yeah, Congrats. He put me on a panel with uh, Eva Chen and a few mm. of these other, like, well-known bloggers. A lot of them were, like, kid bloggers, which oh. was, like, a thing in fashion. Interesting. And, uh, and from there, it was like I was getting all these press inquiries, like, can you come on our show and do a fitness fashion show? Mm. Um, because fitness fashion was, like, a new concept. Totally. And Lululemon was, like, just doing so well. And people wanted, like, fitness fashion shows with Lululemon clothes and just all this, like, active wear. And, like, there was this new term of athleisure floating around. Mm. So I got to ride that wave. And what I found was I really loved being on camera. Yeah. And I loved talking to people about products. Yes. So I started uh, booking a lot of work uh, on morning shows and all these health shows where I would talk about, you know, pain points that people were having and solutions that could be solved through products. Right. And of course, those brands that sell the products love that I was doing that. And yeah. in, you know, many uh, situations, I was able to get paid by those brands brands to present those products. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't even know that was an option, but it makes sense. That is an option. And you can do that with anything. I think as long as it's coming from an authentic perspective and you're not just like doing it because a brand is paying you to do it, it all, it all sort of benefits everybody. Yeah. Um, so how did they, did they find you through your blog or did you like reach out to a casting call? How did I've done it all really? Like I've gotten, um, inquiries just that came directly to me through my blog um, or people, Mm -hmm. you know, passing my email around um, or from people seeing me on shows. But I've also reached out to shows that that I knew I wanted to be on. You know, it's a little of both. Like, I think the more you hustle, the more you see it kind of come around where people um, seek you out. But I definitely... God, I need to reconnect to my younger self because I hustled so much. Well, that's why yeah. it shows the school <laughs> exactly. hustle. So. But when you think back to, like, all the things you did to yeah. make it, like, it really makes you appreciate and, like, want to, you know, like, reconnect with that side of yourself. Because yeah. sometimes you, like, get comfortable with so the success true. you've created so for true. yourself. Mm-hmm. And you forget that, like, it's exciting to hustle. How are you monetizing now that you've kind of pulled away a little bit temporarily from the show hosting aspect? A lot of uh, my income right now is coming from uh, social media influence. Yeah. So uh, partnering with brands as like a spokesperson, Mm -hmm. um, as an influencer, as an ambassador, and creating uh, just, you know, 
very beautiful content and tutorials for them, yeah. stuff that they can use for their own social media, but also for um, marketing, you know, marketing and presentations. Yeah. Uh, so you're like a little digital agency. I'm a little, yeah, I am the agency. <laughs> I am the Misfit agency. I'm also um, working with um, with brands to just, um, you know, get a lot of like product launches out, which mm -hmm. has uh, been really big because everybody is creating these, you know, COVID uh, based products. Right. So, um, so I'm doing that through, um, again, like video content and blogging, um, but it, experimenting with new media to do that. Yeah. So that's been, um, quite an exploratory for me. Um, but it's su super interesting because yeah. it like really lives in the health world, which is, you know, that's what where my expertise is. is. Yeah. Now, you have created products in the past. In 2010, you actually created the Bianca Jade Quarterly Box, which was a fitness subscription box. Yes, so I was the first influencer to create a subscription box, and that was a really cool experience yeah. because I knew nothing about this subscription industry. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like going to business school and learning just <laughs> how to do everything. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to be asked by Quarterly Co., which had been written up on like Forbes and everything as like the hot new um, mm. subscription uh, box company. And they were working with celebrities, experts, athletes, actors, um, people like Bill Nye, the science guy, wow. Nina Garcia, um, the you know fashion magazine editor. Yeah. There, it was a really cool collection of people that they had um, asked to do these boxes and you. And then me. And so I was like, uh, so yeah, cool. of course I'll do Duh. this. It was, it was very cool. It was the first time that I was um, an actual partner in a business. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of work. I did it for six years. Uh, sadly, quarterly folded. Oh. And that was an experience going through, you know, that with them as well. I learned so much and, um, you know, there was some glamour to it because I got a lot of press from the box yeah. and I had subscribers all around the world. That's so cool. But it was hard and it was like a lot of creating relationships with with companies and brands and being like, can you put your product in our box for free or for like a dollar and fifty cents? Right. And that's hard to convince people that, you know, the value is there. Because you try to show the the PR they're going to get by putting it in the there. PR or just the fact that, you know, that our subscribers were going to fall so in love with their product they're gonna buy the that they're going to buy it. Yeah. After, yeah. after enjoying it through the box. Right. So, um, you know, it, that is challenging because hard. a lot of businesses don't want to give away something for free. So did you have case studies? How would you prove that people would end up buying it? Uh, they quarterly had all the numbers. Okay. I was really like, I was the person. Were you the, you just thought of had, what goes in it? Well, no, I had to design the box, which oh. was the, the most fun part of it. But I was the person talking to the brands and oh. basically taking like all the, the, um, the stats that quarterly had and selling it to these brands. And I had never, like, I was used to selling myself. You know, but you had worked it. at the creative agency before yeah, doing Yeah, but little... I, was, I was making commercials. You oh, know? Like, so you weren't doing ad sales? I was never, sales? like, a sales oh, guy, man. you know? It's relentless. It was My relentless. first job was in sales. It's hard. And you just have, you get turned down constantly. And you have to not get sad about that. <laughs> Which goes back to having a thick skin. <laughs> I didn't love that part. Um, would I do it again? No. It's but a that, lot of, it sounds like it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, you have to learn... Right. You have to do things that, like, don't 
end up being the most successful things to to realize like what you want to invest your time in. Oh, for sure. And that was a huge time suck. Yeah. It was a it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so in addition to being a social media influencer, a show host and having a subscription box, you also are a supporter for female empowerment and social issues and you even raised $50,000 towards uh, the Special Olympics and other uh, social programs like cancer research. Yes. So thank you for doing that. Why did you decide to uh, do that? Besides the obvious reasons, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone wants to give back. Yeah. And we're so busy running our businesses that we have don't have a lot of time to do it. So whenever people approach me and that like opportunity to fundraise like really synced up with you know my mission, mm-hmm. um, the mission of Misfit, which is to help people move and thrive and and all of that. Um, I was like, yeah, I can do this. Um, it's easy to integrate into what I'm doing. Um, and you know, there were they had to be things that really like spoke to my heart, like the Special Olympics. Like, hey, these are athletes. Right. You know, these are like That's the bravest right. athletes. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I. I did this whole thing with them where I rappelled off a building. When I rappelled down the building, one of the Special Olympic athletes uh, congratulated me and hugged me. And it was so cool. She was like, I've done that five times, but nice job. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really funny. And I actually ended up interviewing her about, like, all the rappelling she's done. So, gosh, there's so many great causes that, you know, need funds. Uh, The last... uh, charity that I did something for was uh, the Honduran Children's Cancer Organization mm-hmm. um, in in Honduras. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a uh, hospital that I had volunteered at throughout my entire life wow. um, when visiting Honduras. And my my aunt is actually the president of the, of the foundation. Oh, wow. And so um, it's a very emotional place to visit because there are a lot of these kids that um, come from poor families yeah. that are there because they're in the terminal stages of their disease really sad, and life. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was last there in June of mm-hmm. last year, and my my aunt took me to a palliative room where a little girl was probably going to die, you know, oh in a God. couple of hours, and her father was cradling her. And I remember thinking, like, what can I do? Like, right. what can I do for these kids? Like, even if it's just to make, like, those last few hours of life more comfortable. Yeah. So, um, so my aunt and I were, like, crying in the room and, like, you know, I'm looking at this little girl's father and I'm like, don't worry, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I will, her name will not, like, be yeah. forgotten. Yeah. And so, um, so I came back to New York mm-hmm. and, uh, and I created a, uh, um, a GoFundMe page, yeah. Uh, basically honoring this little girl and her life, um, mm-hmm. and we raised um, pretty quickly five thousand dollars for the hospital. So um, you know, it's it's kind of like in the same way that we have passion yeah. for our companies. Like I think you have to have passion for um, for for these organizations that are just you know trying to help people that have no way to help themselves. Right. And it relates back to who yes. you are as a person. Well, I think you know, I mean, we're both storytellers, right? And yeah. I think these stories are um so necessary um for, you know, people in our position to be sharing and constantly sharing no matter what uh, no matter what point we get to um in our in our careers and success. Talking about all this social change you're doing, you're doing all of this branding you have this personal brand 
What is next for Misfit? I know you're going to still focus on the social uh, social change. Okay, so I haven't really like said this out loud. Oh, exclusive. But yeah, I guess it's kind of an exclusive. I'm, I wonder how I'm going to react myself to it. So I've been looking at homes. I'm thinking of leaving the city and oh. uh, setting myself up for writing a book. Wow. Because it's the only way it's ever going to happen. So you're thinking maybe of moving to the countryside and writing a book? Yes. That's yes. so That's artistic only, I've been in the city you. for 16 years. Wow. And I'm kind of ready to focus on bigger projects mm-hmm. that take 500% concentration. Yeah, well, that will be one. And the countryside is the perfect place to write a book. I can tell you that because I grew up in the countryside. I grew up in a small town called Saratoga Springs, and we actually have a, a place called Yado there that is for writers. Oh. Uh, it's a writer's retreat. So it's this beautiful mansion on this like well-manicured uh, estate, and... All these people, all these artists and writers go there and actually write these amazing creative works. I should check it out before I decide on a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great way to do it because, like you said, it does allow you to have that intense focus. Now, do you know what the book would be on yet? Um, I have some ideas. Okay. I have some ideas, but before, like, you know, uh, settling on something, we're kind of like, Figuring out, you know, uh, you know what the times really call for. Yeah. So um, I've always really wanted to share um, how I started, you know, my business and some of the like, you know, how they say like, um, there's only like one way up when you hit rock bottom. Like yeah. I've had, a, I have a very interesting rock bottom story. Oh. I've always wanted to share that, but you know, there there are other things that I also want to write about. Mm-hmm. The one thing I know is that I love writing, but New York City has not been um, a good place for me to do that beyond, you know, the long-form blog post. Right. So I'm really ready to take, you know, this skill to the next level. Um, and, you know, I'd also love to revisit television once... Um, well, I think... Once those opportunities open back up. Right. And I think they will. I mean, we can't possibly continue like this forever. Uh, Television is not going away. No, and it's good to, you know, I live, when I was constantly traveling the country doing um, a lot of local TV news shows, Mm -hmm. I was always like, oh, I wish I had the time to like write. I've always wanted to write a book. And now is that time. Like I've been given the gift of this time. And so it wouldn't feel right to me if I didn't. um, Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. So, um you know, you've got to listen to the universe. The universe talks to us. They, so. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, it's been so lovely having you on this show, Bianca. It's been a blast. I have one final question for you. Okay. And this is more of a advice to our listeners and our viewers. Uh, you've done a lot. You have a huge social media following. You had a subscription box. You um, did incredible social good. And you're now potentially <laughs> writing a book. So you've kind of done every side of things. Uh, Do you have any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs like yourself? Yes. Um, Get comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm. is the first thing um, (laughs) because uh, it just has to become like a state of being, you know? (laughs) Constant. Right. It's accurate. Right, yeah. Um, 
don't be too hard on yourself. Like you will be at the beginning. Yeah. You will mess up. You will, you know, hate yourself for some of the things you've done. <laughs> you got to let it go. Um, another thing, um, there's a supplement I love. Oh. that I can't live without. It's called glutathione. Oh, um, you okay. can get it at like most markets or like Whole Foods. Um, they are different brands that sell it, but uh, it's wonderful. It's like, it's like coffee, but not coffee. It's like- It's like a healthy energy. It's just something that boosts your energy and your metabolism. So whenever I take it, I really find that I'm super productive. Wow. Yeah, I, I what, love glutathione. Do you have a brand that you- not really, because I've I've used glutathione from various brands, but just okay. just Google it and you can find. Okay, you can find. I'm gonna look that into that because that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it's in avocado and like walnuts and stuff, mm. so it comes from like healthy. You could you could also eat it in your in you know, those things. Yeah, but it's easier if you just take it with your coffee. Okay, in the morning. Um, okay. and then um, my last one is get a dog. And the reason I say this, I want a dog. you need to get one then. Yeah. The reason I say this is because a dog brings perspective, introspection, and um, helps you not be so sedentary as an mm. entrepreneur because sometimes we become chained or glued to our desk or a project. Yeah. And a dog means you have to, and you have to walk your own dog, that's part of it. It means you, ha- you have to step away and breathe and take a break. Yeah. So after years of wanting a dog, I finally got Frida Doggy. That's actually her Instagram handle. And she's a 10-year-old chihuahua, so we're both, like, aging gracefully together. (laughs) And she's incredible. Not only has she, like, increased my production and efficiency, um, she's just helped me, like, really see the world in a more positive way and breathe. Because I have to go on, like, four, four to five walks a day. And it's so healthy. That's so good to know because I really want a dog and um, maybe I should get one. It's time. It's it's one of my top tips for entrepreneurs. So it's been wonderful having you on the show, Bianca. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to everyone who tuned in today. If you want to learn more about Bianca Jade, visit MsFit.com and follow her on Instagram at Bianca Jade. With her expert advice on wellness, I can guarantee her tips will help you become your best self. So that is all for this edition of School of Hustle. Keep up with all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream and download podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please consider leaving a review, share with your friends, and subscribe to our show. We'll see you next time. Bye. When the low, yeah, we going high.